Welcome to Sewing Out Loud, the official podcast of ZD Sewing Studio. Here are your hosts, ZD and Mallory. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mallory Donahue. And I'm ZD Donahue. And today we we had meant to record this episode as a follow-up to our how to embroider on a terry cloth towel and it, things got away from well, us. We're following up. We're following up. Yeah. We just um, gave you like just a couple months gave later. You a couple or months break now. from embroidery, which is you know, maybe some people needed that. If Not everyone embroiders, but I will tell you, everyone does need to know how to position some, something on the chest. Yeah, so yeah. My, my brain was not here when I'm I'm so focused on the stabilizers because it's a, it's a recipe of stabilizers yes, that we recommend is. for this, but we'll get into that in a bit. But mom said, hey, do you want to talk about this? It's hanging on our wall, and it's a special ruler called the Embroiderer's Buddy. So this helps you to not put the logo or the flower no. on the nipple or in the armpit. Right. Or, or up on the shoulder. Up on the shoulder. <laughs> it gives you, you know, the right place, you know, it's sort of like above the breast pocket. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people say it's like halfway down the armhole. And, you know, sometimes... Most of the time, I think it is. This thing has really never failed me. So no. it's, it's a ruler that looks like an L. Right. It's mm -hmm. like a right angle. Mm -hmm. Actually, well, it's a backwards L, I guess, right? Uh, technically. <laughs> well, it depends on if you want to like, well, turn it sideways, it can be an L. If you read it, right. so that it gets a backwards L. And what you do when you're going to do this, uh, like do a logo like that, is you fold the shirt in half... And this is meant to place the embroidery on the wearer's left yes. chest. Left chest. And then you align the two points on the ruler, one with the shoulder seam and one with the center front, since you've folded your garment in half. Right. And it, it has a little arrow to the placement. It has a disclaimer on it, which I've never read. Embroidery placement is ultimately your choice. Use these marking, <laughs> use these size markings for general guidelines. <laughs> well, and another way to mark something is to hold it up to your body. Yeah. Now, that's not always possible if you're embroidering for someone else. Yeah, so it's I found the sizes that can be the most challenging are the extremes or the very small and the very large right. uh, sizes. And so it's extra helpful when you're working with the child sizes and then this goes up to a men's 4x is what it says it's really meant for t-shirts and polos and right. sweatshirts and stuff like that well i think it's funny you know people used to come in when they first got an embroidery machine and they do their first t-shirt yeah and the embroidery would be like way off yeah. as far as as far as <laughs> in my opinion right in my what you know and the, but they'd be so proud because you know at least the embroidery came out and it looked good you know and they used the right stabilizers and everything and i and you know we'd say that's great or whatever and they'd come back a couple months later and they go you didn't you 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 know you didn't even make fun of me when i came in and that daisy was yeah. over my nipple yeah right <laughs> yeah we're really nice we just we're, well, uh, we didn't want to be discouraging yeah, we're nice and i people. think maybe you know we had all done something like that well that is something to uh consider here as we also as we move forward is marking right so you don't always this is how to embroider on a t-shirt the concepts that we wanted to get across are how to embroider on stretchy fabric. Right. Basically are sort of 
A, or a, a pre-made garment. Yeah, like intro to knit embroidery, intro mm-hmm. to uh, ready-made garment embroidery, things like that. But placement is important. Obviously, not all T-shirts get embroidered on the left chest. You might have something right. centered. And you might be embroidering you know. by hand-stitching and not the machine. Yeah, you might, you know, or like machine applique. Applique, right. We sort of include applique and embroider kind of together because you're, you know, applying something. Right. You're embellishing right. the garment. So what we we have a video on this, actually. It's Mom and Linda Turner. Back in the day. It's it's back in the day. Uh, And this is good visually for the purposes of showing you the ready-made garment component. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a t-shirt, a sweatshirt, a polo, or whatever that's already sewn together. Right. And that is challenging. And I think the thing that we really saw with doing embroidery, and we, we we had done commercial embroidery at one time, but the thing that we really saw evolving with embroidery and the home embroidery machines and the things that we had to take into consideration big time were the stabilizers because the knits changed so drastically. You know, used to we would get a shirt that was like at least, you know, 60% cotton. Mm-hmm. So it had this heft to it right. that you could count on, you know, and, and you stabilized everything sort of one way. And 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 then we started getting these knits got the finer and they got and lycra in them. And it wasn't just the knit that made them stretchy. Right. It was also the fibers. And so, you know, a lot of circumstances came up. Absolutely. Right. So, when you are going to embroider on a stretchy t-shirt, mm-hmm. one thing you want to keep in mind is you want to probably you want to probably preserve a lot of the stretch of the t-shirt, okay? So you can't take a t-shirt that's stretchy that you need to stretch to get over your head right. and embroider over the whole thing. So when you say preserve the stretch, the thing is is you're you're actually well not preserving the stretch. It won't well, Stretch, hold on. Right? I'm yeah. Okay. I'm getting there. Okay. I knew you were gonna look. Yeah. I knew what this you were a, thinking. This is kind of semantics. Well, yeah. what I'm saying is, on uh, this comes up with kids' clothing. Right. You can't embroider over the whole front of a kid's t-shirt and because, think it's gonna fit. Because what Mom is about saying is, we have to take away the stretch right. to embroider because and do you the are going to stabilize the knit yeah. and it will no longer be stretchy in that area. Yeah. No. That's I, also why we don't pick the high density designs even if it's yeah. you know fairly small you know you might find a real high like there's a you know logo of a man playing polo on a horse right <laughs> yeah right you know that goes on these t-shirts a lot and it's really dense but it's very small, small. it's like no bigger than like a coin right you know? so you're not losing that much stretch yeah i was thinking about how i embroidered text on the front of one of jerome's shirts mm-hmm. and he's three and he wears like a 24 month shirt right you know and so i could only you know do so much here right. on the front of his shirt but yeah let's get let's get into what you were thinking of uh when i when i said that so in order to apply this type of surface design to stretchy fabric we actually have to take away the stretch right um We've we've spoken about this before a little bit, but if you are going to embroider on a knit fabric, first of all, you want to stabilize it before you go to hoop it. 
So you right. don't stretch it out while you're hooping it. Right. And then afterward, you need that area to not stretch so that you don't pop the stitches out. Right. While wearing. So and you don't want to be able to stretch the logo or yeah. the, the embellishment. That's right. So there are three to four kinds of stabilizers, I think, that we use in this situation, depending on... I'm sure on... we can think of another one uh, yeah, if we have to. Yeah, you can to. always throw yeah. another one in, right? So the first that we like to use is called a fusible mesh or a fusible no-show mesh, mesh, I think is the one we use in the video. And it is a very lightweight, very stable stabilizer, and we like it fusible. And it, okay, it looks... Like it's a mesh. Yeah, it looks meshy. Like it looks like there's holes in it, but there really aren't holes in it. It's right. just a, a variation in like, you know, the, the actual. Um, it's kind of stamped on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's like texturized yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that, it is. It's, I would call it's it that. It's soft. It, and it's soft, which is what we really like. Right. In the old days, <laughs> you had, you know, what you used on a knit. Right. Was a stabilizer. It was a cut away okay not a tear away right it's cut and it was pretty thick yeah so you kind of had this lump and you did have to cut it you had to get close to the logo because if you didn't you had this big lump behind well you know and then to you know, to bring that up i left that out of the no-show mesh description right it's a cutaway right so this cutaway is the key here because cutaways are going to stay behind and stabilize that fabric after it's out of the right. machine, right? So that's our... They're the rebar to under yeah. the... <laughs> the scaffolding, right? Yeah, exactly. So the the no-show mesh, that's the minimum. That's the stabilizer you have to have right. in this situation. I love to fuse mine on. I turn the t-shirt, the onesie. Oh, well, that's what the, the video is. I was going to say, it's I remember doing the onesie. Okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't... Which it would which be, is a t-shirt. Okay, which would you know. be the same kind of stabilization. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. It's actually... You aren't positioning over the left uh, no. breast because babies they are, are so, so tiny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I turn my garment inside out and I fuse that mesh over the area that's going to be right. stitched. Now, another rule for... And how do you fuse that? With my iron. Thank you. Okay. Well, they didn't know, right? I don't, you know. You're right. <laughs> but you're so right. right. You're so right. So I do fuse it. Um, and I fuse it. I, I put the sticky side, the glue side, on the fabric. That's right. Not on my iron if I'm having a good day. <laughs> well, and you can always use a press pressing cloth, pressing which cloth? is a good idea. Very good because idea. Because you can see it, and you can see if you've got it down. And if you happen to do it wrong, you will fuse through the pressing cloth yeah. and not the, yeah. the bottom of the iron, which everyone has done. Yes. If you haven't done it, you haven't lived. You, you'll yeah. you, just, haven't, you haven't embroidered enough if you haven't done just it. Just wait. Yeah. yeah, just you wait. Okay, so then... Uh, here, here's where the rules get a little shaky here and where home embroidery, um, where we compensate for the shape of a home embroidery machine on a ready-made garment. So I fuse the stabilizer over the area where I'm going to stitch. You can look at your design. You can Well, not only that, measure. but over the area where you're going to hoop. No, no. Oh, well, I see what you're saying. You see okay. You might, Come on, Mom. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I'm I do jumping it, ahead. Okay. I do it over the area where I'm going to stitch. But a lot of times with ready-made garments, you will not necessarily hoop it. You will stick it down mm -hmm. then. And so here's where stabilizer number two comes in. Use a tearaway 
can be a sticky tearaway. Do you use a spray in the video, I think? I think we use a spray. Okay. This is this is actually a time when I really do like the sticky tearaway. So normally we say you got to have enough stabilizer to fill the hoop. That's true. You don't have to necessarily have enough cutaway to fill the hoop if you're going to stick it down. So this is a place where you can like save a little money. Don't skimp, but... So you can. In the really olden days, we used to actually pin it down. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've pinned down before. Yeah. yeah. I've done that. You you know, be careful. Right. Keep your pins out of the way right. and stuff, keep right? Keep pins you know? out of the way. Okay. So sometimes since your garment is so small and you have to kind of turn it inside out to fit it on the embroidery machine, hooping it isn't really an option. And, again, there's hoop burn. And there's hoop burn and, on those And nips. it's easy, yeah. especially, again... Knits got thinner. They mm-hmm. aren't as hefty. They don't have cotton in them anymore. Things like that. You know, it ho- hooping is more um, ch- risky. Yeah. Now there are there's also hoops that you can buy that are mag have magnets yeah, you can and get things magnetic like that. Hoops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can be a little risky, of course, not to hoop your garment. You know, right. of of course. Now with that, okay, you got to find a hole to get in to you know to your garment. It's Generally, the hemline is going to be larger than the neckline. I've seen people try to access that left breast through the neckline. And I'm like, oh, no, let's do it through the hem because it's whatever, three times as large. (laughs) You know, it can help you out. Uh, So that is something you will do. So you're going to hoop your tear away and affix the um, stabilized knit garment to it in some way, right? Uh, Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about marking and placement. ZD, what's your favorite way to measure yourself? With my easy check tape measure. So tell me a little bit about this. It's the only way to measure myself, I think. Why is it so magical? Because there's a slide on it. Uh Uh-huh. You actually snap one end of the tape measure into the back of the slide, and then you fit it to the measurement and then you can unsnap, and the slide remains on the place that you've measured. So if you're trying to measure your arm, right, or your underbust, right, or your thigh, or your head, or your head. oh yeah, the head right. definitely. Well, <laughs> and you know, measuring yourself is one thing, but even measuring somebody else, what it does is it marks the spot, basically, where the measurement is. And so if I'm, and this happens to you that. You're measuring somebody, and they start talking to you, and you're like, was that 21 or 23? Oh, my gosh. Right. And where with this, you know, it, it, the slide has marked it. I also have heard feedback from customers who say, I am sending this to my daughter or, you know, so that she can measure my grandchildren, That's and it will right. be accurate. Right. Right? Well, we've actually had trainers, too, yep. that, that bought these, you know, for their customers or they themselves use it for their customers or it was a male trainer and a female client uh he right. didn't have to put his hands on the person right or whatever also this tape measure when you use it with a snap it's impossible to work from the wrong side that's the other thing yeah i was gonna say you can't measure from the 60 end you have to measure from, from the, the zero, one end from the zero, zero. End. Yes. right right and i said 60 but um, you know, it also has the millimeters on the other side, too. So yeah. you, you've got... Um, you have imperial, imperial and you have metric. Metric, uh, right. And so the easy check tape measure makes it very simple when you are trying to measure yourself uh, and you... 
just don't want to be fumbling around. Well, and I think, you know, the thing is, don't order one. Because if somebody sees it, a husband or right? a daughter or just a friend, I mean, honestly... At Christmas time, I would put this like in almost everybody's stocking stuffer. And I think it's a great thing to like send away to college with people, things like that. Where Fabulous. You, you want yeah. something measured. Well, if you're interested in your own easy check tape measure, you can see a video on how it works at sewhere.com slash tape measure. And you can check it out for yourself. Sewing out loud. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. You know, one thing I like about doing it this way, like the towel and this, where you get to hoop the tearaway, is you get to mark all over the tearaway. Right. You know, you can mark your center crosshair lines, you know, or whatever. Now, let's talk a little bit about how to mark on your garment. Right. Yeah. There's lots of choices. And there's our favorite. <laughs> what's What's your favorite? I think, I think probably our favorite is um, the, uh, you know, clear plastic tape, like a scotch tape. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, that's the one that stays on mm-hmm. and doesn't show if you leave it on the garment. Okay, so I want us to take into consideration the order in which you stabilize and the order in which you mark, too. Because mm-hmm. actually, one of my favorite ways, and the, the tape's probably a better idea, honestly, everybody. But with this embroiderer's buddy ruler, is I would pin through it. Uh-huh. Okay, but I don't want to have a pin in my garment right. when I go to fuse stabilizer. Right. So if I am doing this en masse, okay, if I'm— So let, you, now see, I stabilize and then mark. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. So so right. make sure, right. or it's best if you stabilize and then mark. Now you have to approximate the placement of your item, I guess. Uh, it, you well, know, of course. Okay. Yes. So you have to approximate that and everything. So if I was do, if I were doing like a million t-shirts— I would go in and be like, okay, my design's four by four. So I'm going to, 
you know, cut a piece of stabilizer that's like six by six or something like that and fuse it where, you know, I just about think it needs to go. And then I'll grab my embroiderer's buddy, pin, 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 proceed to embroider. So yeah, you got to think about a lot of times, it's not advisable with a lot of marking pens to use heat on them. Right. Because it can set them. Well, it'll set them or they'll disappear. I yep. mean, you can go One both ways. Yep. It's just uh, no. or any pen. And I'm, I'm, you know, I know that people will say, well, I use this and, you know, I, I and, you know, iron it and it goes away. You can't count on it. Yeah. You just can't. We've had people do that and do that and then come in going, oh, no, I can't get this okay, out. Okay, except for the um, that Hansi pencil doesn't come back. Oh, okay. The one that we sell uh, or, you know, have put in the sew here box. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the friction pens. They'll come and back in the cold. Even, well, at even um, I've had the, the air. The wash away. Yeah, the air. wash away. You just, you just don't know. No, that Hansi one, though, that's the – but the problem with that one is – you mark it, and you get heat near it, and it's gone. And it's like, gone. Well, that, that's it. It's either gone or, you know. Or, yeah. So, you know, heat, moisture, cold, all those things can affect right. a marking. Yeah. So that is – so keep that in mind. And, yes, I would recommend, just like ZD said, go ahead and, you know, do a rough stabilization before you mark. And so then a but, lot of times I would do it with a pin. Right. But cellophane tape, boy. No, that's I, a better I, I idea. I will tell you, you can you can do the whole line. Right. You know, you can do an X. You mm-hmm. can do, you know, you can mark on the on cellophane the tape. tape. Yeah. Okay. Then you don't have to worry about what's going to come off. Right. And, um, I mean, that's what we would do commercially. Yeah. Because if we would forget to take one off or something like that, it's sewed right through it. Yeah. You could always take it off. It didn't show. It didn't, you know, it didn't. It didn't cause problems. Right. So that is, so stabilize and then mark. And then you're going to put it in your hoop. And it's so nice that you can mark your crosshairs, I think, on the tearaway. Because uh, then you can make sure everything is straight up and down. Now, you know, for the longest time when we were sewing machine dealers, uh, Baby Lock and I think a couple other brands, they have those positioning stickers, mm-hmm. the snowmen. Right. And I think there was a good, I don't know, five years where I started working at the shop when I was like a teenager and did not know how to use the those. Things, the, oh. Just, I was like, oh, whatever. I'm just going to use a piece of tape right. or something, right? And finally, you know, I had to learn how to use it because <laughs> because she had to, teach I had to take people a class how to do or something. Yeah. yeah, or people were like, what the heck is this? You know, like, I don't know. You know, so <laughs> anyway, those are pretty cool. They, re- they really are pretty cool. So when I say a snowman, it's actually not a real snowman. That's just a two-ball. the two machine ball. reads it. Yeah, yeah. You, right. Yeah, so it's a two-ball snowman, right? Not a three-ball snowman. And it has the little ball on I top. I the snowman's glad it's two balls. Two-ball snowman. <laughs> I don't know. You know. So little ball on top, big ball on bottom. Right. And then that shows the machine, okay, the little ball is the top of the design, and those have crosshairs through them, so then it can align the design. So if you put your snowman on upside down, it would put your design right, upside down. Right, yes. Or if you rotate it right. or, you know, whatever. And uh, the, the machine does read it. It scans it. And yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. Now, obviously, that's not on, like, every old machine. It's on the ones that have cameras in them, right. you know. <laughs> so I – but I really did um, – when I finally figured out how those worked, thought they were pretty cool. So that's an option for marking as well. Uh, you do want to, 
you do want some way, if you can't easily visualize it, to keep things aligned on that X and Y axis. Sometimes on like a larger garment with a smaller design, you don't know that you've gotten things, you know, messed up. That's why with cellophane tape, you can make an X and Y axis. That's right. That's That's right. right. So then you're going to stick this in your machine. And okay, well, getting it in the hoop. Sometimes on larger garments, I would slide the hoop inside the garment. Right. Okay, so then I am not looking at my crosshairs. Right. And then sometimes with certain garments, you can turn them inside out and sort of lay them down, like we did with the towel. So you're going to find what works for you with each individual garment. Okay. Uh, it, it may vary. There's one other cool machine thing that you can do. Some machines have basting stitches built in, or you can digitize one in your software. Or I hope somebody's selling a basting stitch package somewhere, because I thought about selling one at one point where you just sell the big stitches. Now, Linda Turner, though, who's embroidered 7 million onesies in her life, she found sometimes that the basting stitch, where it stitched over itself at the beginning and the end, uh, could actually... Put a hole in finer fabric. Be difficult, right? Be difficult to remove. <laughs> yeah. So that actually, she didn't. She ended up not using that all the time. Although I love the idea of a basting stitch because, man, that just is really good insurance. Right. You know, it is another step to remove, though. If you're embroidering like twenty thousand shirts, uh, you know that is that is another step to do. So, does everyone understand? <clears throat> not that you can tell me if you understand this. Why? We have to turn the shirt inside out because, right, our home embroidery machines have these flat beds. So when you see those gigantic kind of scary looking six needle, ten needle, they Mm -hmm. sell a single needle now, where it's like up on a table and it's got a stand and all this room, that free arm embroidery setup, that's what allows people to easily... Get into a shirt. Or a bag. Or, or a hat. Uh, oh, my God, hats. Yeah, uh, everybody hates hats. <laughs> no. I've never met an embroiderer, commercial or otherwise, that likes to embroider hats. You just, oh, my gosh. And people love to have hats embroidered. Yeah, if somebody ever, yes. if you ask somebody to embroider a hat for you and they're like, that's $50, be like, okay. You or know? Somebody, <laughs> if somebody, you ask somebody to embroider a hat for you and they go, I love to do that, let everyone yes, know. Yes, yes, yeah. tell us, tell us. Uh, they're just such a pain. Even on... I mean, I'm sure there's a degree to where you get a lot more comfortable with them than, you know, I was. I'm just thinking how Terry used to crank out hundreds. Yeah. And he never liked one of them. Oh, he, he, so he didn't know. like them either. Okay. No, in fact, okay. Like, like if you would go back and go, could you do, do a hat, hat for me for my father's, you know, yeah. 100th birthday? <laughs> He'd go. Yeah, <laughs> lay it down right there. Show me what you want on it. You know, and, and he was a nice guy. <laughs> well, with the hat, I mean, a little tangent here, but, you know, it's curved. You don't, mm-hmm. and the hat hoops for the big machines, they don't really, like, flatten it out. Well, it's, and that's the other thing. People with hats, people would come in and want this, like, humongous thing right. put on a hat or something like, you know. Like, no. it, and, and you have to think of the height. You know, yeah. there's, there and 
hats have different heights. Yeah, so Sam is listening to this, and Sam will remember the evening that we spent at the shop until like 9 o'clock trying to figure out how to work the hat hoop to show the person who was coming in the morning to pick up the machine. And we had done something. It had nothing to do with the hat hoop. It was like a setting on the machine that we hadn't turned off or something. (laughs) Or like a screw we hadn't turned. It was totally... Had nothing to do with the hat. So when we finally did it, we had a sample hat there. We embroidered the word badass on it. And this was, I think, like the early ZD Sewing Studio, SewHere.com. Foul mouth time. Foray into. Foul language. Like, uh, you know whatever the the progressive sewing world by embroidering the word badass on something i mean it seems so trite now but boy was it was very brave to post that on facebook yeah but and we got some (laughs) negative comments well i like what you did but i don't like the word you know things that person just unsubscribed from our newsletter the one who left that comment Uh, yes yes uh uh, she unsubscribed she she went someplace more comfortable for herself she unsubscribed due to the most current blog post that is on Yes, it's Noah's post. Oh, about the floozy doozy hack. Oh. So, anyway, okay. uh, yeah, that that's so funny that that is that particular person. Anyway, uh, yeah, hats are total total pain. But I wanted to bring that up. That's why those machines exist. If you ever are wondering, like, why would someone want ten needles, or what is this? Why does this thing look like a? I don't know. It belongs in the space station or something. <laughs> It is, it is a joy if you have to do 20 polos to do them on that machine. Right. You know, uh, and then that's a place where I can just do that six by six square. Hoop, 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 hoop. You know, go go to town. Uh, so, yeah, just, just so you know, that's why doing it on the home embroidery machine, that's why we're incorporating all these other stabilizers. So what we've done so far is we've stabilized our knit so it won't stretch after we stitch on it we've created a platform for it with the tearaway stabilizer and stuck it on there somehow and now you get to decide how you also marked the center someplace right right, right. At some but point. stabilizer wise now you get to decide how particular you want to be right and this is where you know it it's you can take it or leave it. You can use even on you know your just most basic knit a wash away or heat away topping. Now, when I was doing twenty polo shirts, I did not do this. It generally was not necessary. It's another step. Hopefully, the logo is well, bold enough. It really depends you know? on the fabric too. Yeah, it can depend on the fabric. So if you have like a piquet knit, mm-hmm. which means it has little indentations, right? right? You kind of, you probably those want golf polo shirts, right? You probably you probably want something that will keep those stitches smooth well, and above the fibers. I think it depends on the logo too. It's That's like, true. Okay, does this logo have a bunch of little fine text right. on it? You know, does it have you know whatever swirly little straight stitching lines, or is it just like a big old circle? You know, where it's fine true. if the edges are just a tad right. fuzzy or something like that. On a fleece, see, this was uh, I remember having this revelation when I did all those show choir fleeces I thought for sure they would need topping I was like well of course my instincts tell me this fleece needs topping it is uh you know it's got a pile to it and then I ended up stitching out the logo and all the names and everything and they were just fine right because of the way the stitches were I think the logo um also 
you know, those big machines, they do give you a really nice embroidery stitch. Right. They, they really do. And they go fast. And it maybe could have looked a little different on a home machine. I don't know. Uh, even though the stitch quality is very high. Uh, but anyway, you can also, if you are digitizing and you know you're going to be on something with a big pile like that, you can put down those foundation. Yeah, mm-hmm. under underlay stitches, foundation stitches that sort of hold the pile down too. So sometimes that's overkill. Sometimes it's not. Uh, and now you get to stitch your design, and you need to stay there. Okay, if your if your garment's like inside out, upside down on a on your sewing machine, and it's you know it's not hooped and it's precarious, please stay there. <laughs> well, I think the I think the other thing too is make sure that everything is free and not you know folded under or something. You're not embroidering through your sleeve, right? Right, <laughs> right or you're not hooked onto something else with you know one edge of the fabric or what. I mean, really make sure that you have room to do this embroidery. Yeah, it's um. It, you can kind of roll up your t-shirt like you do a pair of pantyhose and like pin it in place or use those, you know, what are those hair clips? Lobster? Yeah. What are they called? Lo- and no. I just make that alligator. Alligator clips. Some kind of animal. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> those, those, uh, those can be nice. Those can be useful. But yeah, this is one of those precarious embroidery situations where I would say, if you watch stay there. that video with Linda Turner and I on the little onesie boy, yeah. you'll learn a lot about how to keep the hole open and. And Linda would unstitch. Sometimes the side seam. Depend on, well, if it was a really tiny one. If it was one, a super mm-hmm. tiny one. Or her design was big. Right. Because it is easier to, of course, if you're just going to do, I don't know, a little two by three monogram on a onesie versus a clown. Yeah, and then the kid a puked clown. on it, you know. Well, did I have to digitize for her that one time? I don't know. But that usually, you know, they think about all that work and then the kid's going to throw it up was on a, it. It was a clown that was bending over and making an A out of its body with. Right balloons and i had to digitize it for her and put appliques into it and she's our she was a very good friend so i did that so (laughs) anyway (laughs) um that one see that took up the whole body of the onesie well and the the nice thing about an applique on an embroidery machine too is that fabric that you are inserting will help hold your stitches you know and it gives it that gives that those stitches more meat to hold on to because they are stitched on top of the fabric. I just love I I, I think that machine embroidered applique is fun. It's a yeah. good it's a good time. Okay. Then when you take the you you were successful and you know your machine didn't like tuck the sleeve of your garment underneath it or anything like that, uh, you get to take it out and it's nice to leave it in the hoop. To trim your jump stitches that are on the back. We've talked about this with the towel. You know, leave all the stabilizer on there while you do your thread trimming. And if you've used topping, this is another place where the topping can help you. You leave the topping on and you slide those duckbill scissors underneath the threads and it's easy to clip. So leave that all in there, okay? And then you can tear away your topping, gently tear away your tear away stabilizer, And now, with that cutaway stuff, that no-show mesh, you can just gently peel it away and trim close to the design. Not too close, right? Right. Right? And how do we not slit our fabric, (laughs) Mom? How do we not slit? How do we not accidentally cut our fabric while we're... 
well, while we're trimming our you stabilizer. You want your hands to be flat and parallel with the fabric. It's just on like a plane up from it. Yeah, you said to me something which I, I don't know. It did. It hadn't occurred to me, and I hadn't heard it before, but a while ago. So keep your elbows at your sides. If you keep your elbows at your sides, you can't point your hands down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure it, it really helps. It's not a guarantee that you won't slit no, your fabric. No, it really isn't. It really, it really isn't. But, no. you know, that you've done all that work. Now you do not want to cut. But don't, you know, wad it up. Everything needs to be flat. Flat. Yeah, your do hands, it on a table. The scissors and what you're cutting Okay, on. and then don't, don't get crazy. Don't try to trim the stabilizer out of the middle of the nope. letter O. No. Okay. You it, leave it probably that. won't matter. Yeah, it's probably better right, to leave it's it. In there. Okay. Yeah. So you're gonna kind actually, of, it should be in there. If yeah. It's, if it's stabilizing. Right. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. It'll so it'll keep everything right. nice. So don't go too crazy. I've seen people be like, oh, I want it to just look so nice, and so I I trimmed so close, and they trimmed so close they cut their stitches, or they trimmed so close that they're, it's not stabilizing the garment anymore. So anyway, yeah, just you know, cool your jets a little bit. Don't trim too close. When I did the shirt for Jerome that says "I heart trains," I don't even know that I trimmed between the two lines of text, right. even though it was kind of large. Okay, so you don't want to do it too much. What's next? Well, so sometimes those little embroider embroidery appliques whatever those back stitches can rub against the skin okay um because they're built up stitches is what they are they're built up thread to make the design so what do we do about that yeah so there are some options here and the i feel like i know like three different products um the one from Sulky that you all have if you got the So Here box in your stabilizer sampler, the most recent, re, the most recent refresh box. The recent refresh box, you have what they call Tender Touch. Mm-hmm. And Floriani had something called Dreamweave Fusible. Right. And I think Baby Lock sells a product called Soft Touch. Yes. And these are all knit Easy knit was one. Easy knit is one. Right. Uh, I don't remember who makes that. Is that a sulky? I don't know. No, I don't okay. know who makes that. I don't know. But it is a very soft knit press trico. on iron on. Yeah. It's a, like a, a trico. trico. Right. Usually you can see through it. They mm-hmm. ca- it usually comes in black, white, and sort of a beigey tone of some sort. Um, I kind of liked the beigey tone because white would always show. Yeah. Um. So I usually had like the beigey tone and the black. Those were my two favorite ones. Um, white showed through the white. White showed through the black. White, white. I you used, know I I was not fond of yeah, white. The shirt I did for Jerome was mm-hmm. orange, and I used black. Right, and it was fine. Right. Actually, probably the white probably would have been right. fine too. But just so you know, you know if you get the white and the black, you probably right. you know figured out. Um, but okay, I don't remember there being a peachy one. There was a peachy there was show a, mesh. No, there's a peachy. There somebody one. has one. Somebody has one. And okay. it wasn't everybody. I believe you. It I wasn't just... everybody. Okay. 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 But, you know, you're right. You do need the black and the white generally. So for the... If you do a lot of embroidery. Yeah. Because, and I'm telling you, that white, white on white just shows through. Yeah, like, it's true, like yeah. when you wear a white, white bra, bra under a, you know, white blouse. Well, that's something to bring up about the no-show mesh is that right. no-show mesh, even though it's a stabilizer and you would think, why does this even matter? Right. Uh, and maybe this isn't even something we talked about in the stabilizer podcast at all, but tear-away and cutaways will come in white and black 
And no show mesh also comes in like a peachy right. tone, it, a mid-tone. Mid right. The thing about the peachy or beigey tones is it's not that stark white color that will show through things. White tends to show through things where when they bring it down to that beige or the peachy or tan or whatever it is, it won't show through. And you can put it on white. Right, right. So um, when people would come in and buy stabilizers, you know, they'd say, hey, get get the fusible tearaway, right? We talked about that because you don't have to use the fusible if you don't want to. You get the topping. And we would say get the no-show mesh. And a lot of times I'd sell them the peachy stuff. It if you're was, only getting one, I like, would get that yeah, color, right? If this is all they're getting. I, mean, I think they called it beige for some you know, reason. I think it had like a B as a Stabilizer comes in so many uh, formats, okay? Yeah. And a lot of times we just sold like the big rolls. And that bigger roll, I think it was 15 yards. It was like $30, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and that it seems like a big expense at first. But with our tips about actually not using the no-show mesh for the right. whole hoop, that is a way to save money Well, on the and another thing, if, if you're not doing 5,000 shirts, that $30 piece, you it's going to last It's, it's a one-time, yeah. it's like a one-time purchase. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to purchase that, and it's going to take you, even if you do a lot of embroidery, it's going to take you through a year no, or a year could, and a half or something. Yeah. You know, I mean. If you're getting into, like, more than that, you need right. to be, like, buying you know, a, a big old jumbo roll right. from a embroidery supply place, which is fine, too. Um, so, yeah, that is... Uh, you know, stable, it's very expensive to start embroidery. Yes. I used to tell people when we would sell them a machine, you know, now this is the cost of your machine, but you need to put aside some money because you're going to need a thread library that you don't have. You're going to need, you know, these things that you don't have with your regular sewing. It's starting a, a new type of, um, yeah, it's a, it's a you know, hobby. skill. It's yeah. a new hobby. It's a new skill. It's a new craft. So there's new supplies involved. I remember, and this was a lot of money when I did this, I went and I took like $300 yeah. and like $300 worth of thread. Right. But, oh, my God, I was being like, Four and five and six dollars to death every time I wanted thread. Yes, yes. You know, and I finally just went and I bought big spools of thread. I uh-huh. bought some industrial sizes like white and and colors I knew I was going to use gold because right. all the schools in town were gold and green or gold and black or mm-hmm. gold and purple. You know, and so you know when you start embroidering, do know that you will have that expense. Now a lot of them will. A lot of sales will have a promotional thing where they give you, you know, a certain amount of thread and a certain amount. But, you know, you're going to add on. You're going to find out what you use. Now, we would always tell people that, like, okay, this machine is, you know, $6.99. This machine is $10.99. This machine is this. And then you need to plan to spend, uh, you know, at least $100. And then if they told me all – we'd always ask, what are you going to do? Right. And if someone said, I'm never going to embroider a T-shirt in my life, I would sell them no show mesh, you know. Well, or the other thing – going to be getting into this and um you know you're going to spend another 100 200 300 dollars and sometimes well and the other thing that it saved you to get this library full of stuff is you weren't getting up from your sewing machine and running to the store to get you know pink or get two pinks and we would talk about family colors you know family family hashtag thread blending episode well and the other thing we would talk about is what are you going to embroider yeah Oh, well, I have a lot of babies. Okay, what do you the consider baby, baby colors? Yeah. You know, so then we would, you know, 
We, right. We would go from there. Yes. So uh, we talked about some of this in our What to Buy When You Get an Embroidery Machine episode and our a lovely thread blending episode, which I reference we quite often. Um, and I know that a few listeners out there don't like to thread blend because they want everything to match. But, you know. We're here to save you money over at Sewing Out Loud, right, Mom? That's Isn't right. that what we're we're just infinitely practical over here? <laughs> so, all right. Well, that is our little spiel on how to embroider a T-shirt. And if you are going to apply any kind of surface design to a knit garment, a lot of these, you know, uh, um, what theories? What are the rules? What have we shared? Tips apply. To that too. So we think it'll be useful for you. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We are at So Here Comes. ZD, take it away. So long and so happy. Thanks for listening to Sewing Out Loud. For even more expert sewing advice, visit SoHere.com.